So, um, we're all gonna die! Here's a movie that you never seen. The map is some ninjas or a crazy death machine. There'll be smiles, there'll be tears. You won't watch a movie for about eight billion years. It's time for death by video. Time for death by video. And now the show will begin. Hey, yeah. Uh. So the year was 1991? 1991. 1991. And a young Keanu Reeves starred with a young Patrick Swayze and a young Laurie Petty. Youngish. Okay, and younger. And a young Gary Busey and a young <laughs> John C. McGinley. <laughs> Gary Busey is only five years old in this movie, actually. In, uh, in Point Break. So, Phil, this is your selection. Oh, this by the is way. It's the my video! I'm the aforementioned Phil. I am uh, the not mentioned kit. I'm staying alive, Graham. Here at the, uh, we're here in the old video bunker, hiding I'm out from Saturday the, Night Fever. Phil, from <laughs> uh, we've returned to the uh, the abandoned video store for uh, safekeeping. Yeah, we are no longer out and about in the amongst the public and um, coronavirus. Graham, Graham has already shot uh, three people who have tried to get close to the video store without uh, announcing mm-hmm. their, themselves first. So exactly. Anyways, <laughs> the movie that we are discussing today is 1991's Point Break, and it was Phil's choice for doing uh, the other host choose a movie. Lillian is not with us tonight. She can be with here for business reasons. Um, so we're just going to discuss it. Also, this is going to be a bit of a different episode because we already watched the film a few nights ago. We had some recorder issues. So this is actually our first episode on our brand new audio recorder. So, Phil, I'll leave it to you. Yeah, so in 1991, uh, Point Break came about. So this movie was basically five years in the making. So like back in 1986, a, uh, say, uh, an aspiring screenwriter slash self-proclaimed beach bum slash part-time waiter who had to pay his bills while uh, breaking into the Hollywood screenwriting business named uh, W. Peter Eilif. Uh, he was commissioned to... Uh, write a uh, scenario of what became Point Break. There were like rough titles like Riders on the Storm. That was one that was buzzing yeah, around for a while. Was. There was like the eponymous uh, Johnny Utah, which was also scrapped. And um, Sounds like a superhero movie. Yeah, totally. Uh, anyway, um, the movie came into the hands of Ridley Scott. Like Ridley Scott, like sunk money into pre-production, and it's like they were thinking of like having Matthew Broderick as uh, Johnny Utah character and Charlie Sheen as the uh, Bodie antagonist. Oh that God, Charlie Sheen as Bodie—that would be terrible. Yeah, and then like later on, like they considered like Charlie Sheen and the Utah character. But I guess this was like the height of Charlie Sheen mania. <laughs> uh, after Platoon, yeah. um, didn't Patrick Swayze wasn't he initially offered as well the role of Johnny Utah? He was, but I guess Swayze was like, "No, I'm Bodie." <laughs> and, uh, this would have been right in the middle of um, what Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Two, too. Wouldn't mm-hmm. it have been? Oh yeah. Yes, it did come out the same year as the first Hot Shots uh, Point Break. Um, and like there were talks of like, hey, like Johnny Depp could maybe play Utah, but I think 
Johnny Depp was busy with like 21 Jump Street at that time. Uh, well, it wasn't early 90s. It wasn't so. When did Jump Street end? 88 or 87? I thought I thought it started in '87. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Because when did uh, when did uh, Crybaby come out? Because that was 1990. So like, yeah, that was his first stab. Yeah, then, yeah. That um, was his first stab at like uh, I want to get out of being a teen idol. At least that's yeah. what um, uh, John Waters said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, eventually Point Break was resurrected by Catherine Bigelow and James Cameron while they were still married. Uh, his name is James, James Cameron, the bravest pioneer. No budget too steep, no seat too deep. Who's that? It's him, James Cameron. Systems are normal. You guys hearing the song okay up there? James Cameron, explorer of the sea. Yes, James, we'd hear the song. Descending to 1,000 feet. I don't see the bar yet. Looks like it must have sunk pretty low. With a dying thirst to be the first. Could it be? Yeah, it's him, James Cameron. A match made in heaven. Yes, absolutely. Twenty One Jump Street ended in nineteen ninety one. Ooh, but but wasn't he gone though? Didn't uh, I think so? Yeah, I didn't. Didn't Richard Grieco take over for him? That sounds about right. Yeah, because I know that he left the show at a certain point, probably around the time that he. Uh, like, like, Grieco tried to break into movies around the time Twenty One Jump Street ended. It was like like if Lufts should kill. I don't know if you remember that movie or Mobsters with Christian Slater as Lucky Luciano. Oh Christ, no! I remember that one. Yeah, they were trying to cash in on young guns mm-hmm. with uh, by doing like a Roaring Twenties uh, Prohibition <laughs> era mobster movie. But didn't they try that again with the Newton Boys in the late nineties with um, Matthew McConaughey? Yeah, that was. A link later joint yep. uh anyway uh, uh you're you're right graham johnny depp uh who played officer thomas tom hansen uh only went to the four seasons not the full five so he was i guess out right. in 1990 mm-hmm. and that was when the show jumped the shark i guess yeah. so i never saw 21 jump street so Neither i saw the movies but uh <laughs> yeah. 21 and 22 jump street which had a great uh, cameo from Richard Grieco and uh, Johnny Depp at the end of the first 21 Jump Street yeah. movie. Turns out, spoiler alert, they're the drug dealers undercover the entire time. Dun, dun, dun. They were part of the original Drug Street program in the 80s, according to the movie. Yeah, and they're still still doing it. Or... Yeah, still undercover. Never stopped. <laughs> just deep undercover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she just live a life like of Like Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, any other uh, backstory, Phil, on... Well, yeah, basically, like, after Bigelow and Cameron got their hands on it, like, they did some extensive rewrites. Uh, Cameron put out Terminator 2. Bigelow and Cameron got divorced. Uh, Point Break came out. Keanu was basically hot off of uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Mm -hmm. He had a prominent supporting role in Parenthood. Right. Uh, He had a supporting role... River Phoenix in uh, I Love You to Death that mm. was 1990 and uh, it, this was also Keanu and Swayze's second movie together because they were both in the movie Young Blood. oh right which yeah uh, which was a Canadian film wasn't yeah. Rob Lowe also in that? Rob Lowe was the star mm-hmm. of that movie, if I recall correctly. Yeah. It was a hockey movie. It was mostly mm-hmm. shot in Toronto if not entirely shot in Toronto yeah um and, uh, and Swayze was hot off of Ghost. Mm-hmm. So just so we get the timeline down. So I think, wasn't Terminator 2, Was that that was 1991 as well, that right? That was, yeah. It was, so it was same year. It beat Point Break by a couple months. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, so this was Swayze's follow-up to Ghost. Yes. And when it was originally released, because I remember, uh, I think it was, what, um, behind, I, I watched like some each Hollywood story like Patrick Swayze or Keanu Reeves or something, and I think that Point Break was considered 
a success for Keanu Reeves because it showed that he could carry a movie, but it was considered a disappointment for Patrick Swayze because it was him coming out for the massive success of Ghost. Oh, yeah, because, yeah. like, Ghost was, like, one of the three biggest movies in 1990. Like, it's, it's nominated it's for easy. Oscars. Yeah, it's made easy a to ton of money. Yeah, how, how big it was. huge Ghost was. Mm-hmm. And there was some overlap with Point Break because there was uh, like a real iconic foot chase in Point Break, which we'll get to later. But mm-hmm. uh, Swayze's stunt double uh, did all the work because Swayze had to do uh, press stuff in Europe for, for Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Kate, you want to say something? Oh, just uh, 91 was a uh, big year for Keanu. Oh, yeah, I was going to get to that. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to. Uh, do you want to give us a, a rundown then, Kit? Or Phil? Who wants to give us a rundown? Phil, Kit, Phil? Well, Point Break was the first of the Keanu's Nine, three Summer movie. of 91, yeah. Yeah, like this was like really the beginning of the Keanu-sans with uh, Point Break. <laughs> he couldn't have a Keanu-sans. He had nothing well, to follow from. There was no true, dark yes. age of Keanu yeah, of course, yet. Yeah, Yeah, but sorry, well, go ahead. I Love You to Death, I guess, was a bit underwhelming at the box Yeah, office. yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, so... After Point Break came uh, my own private Idaho, which reunited him with River Phoenix. They Mm -hmm. were in I Love You to Death together. And he did the sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. I always remember that movie because that was, I think, the first time. Because I remember uh, Ghostbusters 2 coming out was the first movie I was really aware of coming out. Then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, was the movie that really got me noticed to movies. And I think... Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because I grew up I didn't watch the original Bill and Ted I watched the cartoon series same here yeah. and the cartoon series was what, I was, was what I was going on and then that kind of like remember when like hit movies would have like cartoon series that would last for like Real three or four years like yeah. that was how I expanded got the mythology mm-hmm. and like broadened it and made it better um, and the Robocop cartoon but I don't know the sequels would always ignore these cartoons when they yeah. the, the movie sequels would be like that. don't worry about that to a, to a degree it's interesting though because the Ghostbusters cartoon starts with at after the end of the first movie and they actually reference the second movie happening like there's like a gap and then like uh one episode the ghostbusters come back and they've got like all this stuff from from the second movie uh, on the cartoon yeah, on the cartoon yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I remember there was a new season and all of a sudden it's like lewis tully is sometimes a ghostbuster now because yeah, that was in yeah, the yeah. second movie mm-hmm. yeah I was watching the Beetlejuice cartoon before I had seen the uh, Beetlejuice. The Beetlejuice movie. cartoon is amazing. Yeah, that was on like every mm-hmm. morning before school. Of course, yeah. we had the Batman cartoon, which we probably would have had anyway. But uh, yeah, the ninety-two, uh, yeah, the Batman the animated series, which is yeah. probably the most iconic version of Batman that gave us the Mark Hamill Joker. Um, Kevin Conroy, the voice of I, Batman. I, my first mm-hmm. introduction to Batman were reruns of the Adam West Burt Ward Batman. Yes, See, yes, I think a lot of us because it was in syndication on after um, school. Yeah, but here's the thing: that the the Burt Ward Adam West Batman for me growing up in Newfoundland, it wasn't in syndication. So like my dad said, like, oh yeah, it used to come on every day after school, like in color, and I was like, what? That's crazy. And then one afternoon they played the Batman 1966 movie. Oh yeah. And like all the kids in my neighborhood watched it, we were just like, what is this? This is crazy. Um, and then when YTV got the rights to start airing the Batman, the live action series, that's when I started watching it. Um, but back to, uh, I was going to say back to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Back to Point Break. I thought we were going to say Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, but okay, yeah. 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 Oh, well, the, uh, just to round out uh, Keanu's 91, he was also in a movie called Providence, which I don't remember. I remember the I name. About that, yeah. <laughs> And he was also in a uh, Paula Abdul video earlier in the year called yes, Rush, 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 Rush. Yeah. The, the Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, yeah. 
video, yeah. And then in 92, he was in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. So there you go. Classic. <laughs> so that's fun. And he followed up uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Much Ado About Nothing. I think that was his first uh, Shakespeare production. Yeah, was it the first of, uh, I think maybe first and only. I don't remember him in another one. But You don't remember his uh, Turnus oh, Hamlet on Stratford? Uh, no, was 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 he? He, he did Hamlet. I, I'm pretty sure it was Stratford. I'm also thinking that he might have been in Kenneth Branagh's sprawling Hamlet adaptation. Uh, it seems like he might have been in there somewhere. Mm. He got like famous people to be every single bit role in that one. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? And then I think Speed was his real big. Yeah. That was 94, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But like Point Break was like his for the first taste of Keanu as an action star, and yep. at the 1992 MTV Movie Awards, it was not got three nominations. Uh, Any wins? One win, yeah. So Keanu and Swayze, like they were competing against each other in the most desirable male category, and Keanu <laughs> won. And it was also nominated for best action sequence. Ooh, which one? The that. foot chase or the um, bank robbery? It was actually the the skydiving. The, skydiving, uh, the second skydiving. Oh, the one where yeah, yeah. sans parachute uh, sequence. The one where I'm like, he's not gonna he's gonna jump out of that plane and just follow him, right? And he does, yeah. and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Human beings hit terminal velocity. Yeah. You can't catch up to someone who's following. It was in a Schwarzenegger movie too. I remember. I can't remember. Eraser. Eraser, yeah. 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 Where he's just like, I'll go faster by being straight. And I'm but like, he ah, also I'm doesn't. <laughs> the funny thing about that about Eraser is that he actually never gets a parachute. He just lands on top of a car and is fine. It's very bizarre if you actually well, see. Like, yeah. He also goes through like a flaming uh, blown out jet engine. As That's well. true. Yeah, he like he, it kind of slows down his descent. That's a solid movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was I going to say? Who did that? Wasn't that that um, wasn't that Chuck Russell? Uh, so I was going to yeah. say Chuck Russell. Yeah, from Nightmare Three and uh, the, the Blob mask. and the Mask. Did he do the Blob? He did the Blob. He right? did the yeah, yeah. Blob. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so uh, what we were going to? What's next? Um, so. What else was it nominated for at the MTV Movie Awards? It was just those three nominations and that one win. Right, best action sequence, most desirable male. Oh, it was two for most desirable male, yeah. so that's it. So only three. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess that's before they introduced best on-screen duo. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those in the late '90s. Um, and then Catherine Bigelow. Let's let's talk a bit about her. So she, this is kind of like she had done before this. Uh, this was her third uh, solo um, right. project because. Um, Near Dark was like her debut solo mm -hmm. as, as director. Like the great the, Bill Paxton that, vampire yeah, like, movie. Yeah, even though it was a low budget movie, it was still like a commercial flop, At, but it was a cult hit. Um, yeah, yeah. And she did Blue Steel, which was also like right, a big Blue flop. Steel. I forgot about that one. And so she, this was like her follow up to Blue Steel. This is her do or die. Mm -hmm, yeah. And then this movie also kind of underperformed, right? No, it, it actually it did modestly well. Like, okay. It's um. Internationally, it did like around like made like around eighty three and a half mil, and it was on like a twenty four mil budget. Right, this is before every movie had to make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. so it was a modest hit. Like it opened mm -hmm. at number two at the box office. Yeah, and even though it was like a modest hit, like it's more thought of more of as a cult movie, especially after Hot Fuzz, for sure. And also because this is it was kind of came like this Los Angeles phenomena um, point break live where mm -hmm. like they did like this on stage like scene for scene recreation of point break like a Rocky Horror thing yeah 
Kind of, yeah. And but like they managed to get like celebrities involved. Like Lori Petty played Utah. Oh, that's awesome. And they've gotten like Busey, like Bigelow has attended uh, <laughs> uh, performances of Point Break Live. So like the the thing about Point Break Live is like they just get somebody who doesn't know the lines as cast as the Johnny Utah character. So they're just reading off of cue cards, like scene by scene, to just sort of like nail like the authentic like woodenness of uh, Keanu's line delivery mm-hmm. um, let's talk about Lori Petty because you just you just mentioned her so Lori Petty is the female lead of this film yeah I was a big fan of her in this film I kind of like walked away yeah, being like sure. how come she didn't do more stuff but I, I mean know. she did this film she did what was it Free Willy Free Willy and Tank Girl Tank Girl and then what was the other movie oh yeah uh, In the Army Now the Pauly Shore and, movie and, and A League of Their Own A League like, of Their was, Own that was right. a pretty notable yeah movie. yeah she, she had a good run and then she kind of I think Tank Girl kind of unfortunately pardon the pun Tanked, tanked her career yeah. Um, cause it was such a big movie, such a, such a high concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also Naomi Watts's, uh, debut, I think in uh, Western cinema. I, I guess so. It was yeah. her first like non-Australian movie and, uh, yeah. Tank Girls, I, in my, I noticed was directed by, uh, director of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, mm-hmm. also a 1991 movie, Rachel Talloway. Yeah. Which... So we we are doing Point Break. Uh, Phil said, uh, I love this movie, but also I want to get some female directors on the pod. And I was like, have we not done a single female director? And I was freaking out. The egg was on my face. And then Kit pointed out, no, we've done one. Still, though, one too few. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna try and we're gonna we're gonna organically correct it. It's not gonna be like a, a forced thing, but we're gonna organically sure. uh, start doing that. We might get some Stephanie Rothman. We might do some uh, uh, who else? Um, Roberta Findlay. Um, mm. But what's also interesting is that, like, it's the second woman director, but, like, also, like, the second woman director directing a genre film. Yeah. Also from 1991. Well, it's interesting, because I was going to say, like, the... the, 91, a big year for the ladies. The the career of Catherine Bigelow hasn't been sort of, like... Very up and down. Yeah, it's very up and down, but I also want to say, like, it's not something where, like, you can point to it and be like, she makes films from a woman's perspective. No. Um, Because even in Point Break, like, there's a lot of, like, there's the male gaze is prevalent. Like, we noticed a couple times, like... Mm. Candy Reeves watches Lori Petty undress at the beach and then yeah. drive away. And there's also like a scene of like at uh, a couple. So there's a run in with some, I guess, Nazi esque or neo Nazi esque surfers. Surfer drug dealers. Yeah. And there's a raid at their place. And like every woman there is a supermodel and they're all in their underwear. One of them is played by Anthony Kiedis, of course. Yes. The Red Hot Chili Peppers. Well, the it, it, well this is mm. the year of blood sugar sex magic. And. You yeah, can't yeah. really have a Los Angeles movie at this time without featuring one or more Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Speaking of which, Flea was in My Own Private Idaho. He was. There you go. Well, they were they were big friends with uh, that crew, like uh, Ken Reeves and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Gus Van Sant directed the video for Under the Bridge. Ah. Yeah. Did, uh, did Dogstar ever open up for the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Probably. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Um... So yeah, so Lori Petty is the star, is the female star. I, I thought she was great in this film. Before we get into the plot of the film, though, we should start off by I should start off by saying, has anybody watched anything good since we last recorded, which was in January? I've watched a lot, so it would just yeah. take too long. For... I know. I'm trying to remember what I watched between Tammy and the T Rex. And now again, listeners, so sorry for our huge gap. It has been, uh, despite the fact that I've been largely unemployed during this period, it's been incredibly difficult to get everyone together. It it is hard. We're mm-hmm. all busy. We're living in uh, we're living capitalist living hellscape. in the the plague years, um, <laughs> and it, it's it's hard to get together. But uh, mm-hmm. we love doing this, uh, putting together this podcast, and, and yeah. hopefully 
people like listening to it. I hope so. All seven of you guys. Even if it's just, you know, providing some ambient background mm-hmm. music while you do something else, I'm uh, well, well, we're, you we're glad to have you. The world crashing around you? <laughs> it's not that bad, Graham. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since uh, while you guys are figuring it out, I'll, I'll let you know. I did watch a lot of stuff. I mean, the Oscars has happened since we uh, I watched all of those oh, movies. Oh, we never did we an won't... Oscar episode, did yeah, we? Yeah, no, we didn't. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the right movie won. Mm-hmm. We're all happy about that. Yep. Uh, uh, I can have right one twice. Yes, it did. Yeah. Which I, I, I know you prefer uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But I'm still glad Parasite won. That was won. never going to win Best Picture. It could have. Um, but I, uh, I've been going through, you know, Star Trek kind of leading up to Picard, which I haven't started yet. I've mm-hmm. heard mixed reviews. Some people mm-hmm. don't like it, but I've heard at least a few people say, don't believe the haters. It's uh, actually pretty decent I know. and fun. So I'm, I'm going in mm-hmm. uh, optimistic. No judgment here. Yep, I'm, I'm sure you know it's it's going to be a bit goofy, but I think I'll enjoy it because I like those characters. And mm-hmm. uh, on that, on the strength of that, I decided to revisit uh, 1994 Star Trek Generations. Oh yeah, we were discussing this. This is the uh, infamous Kirk and uh, Picard crossover. Yes, which is you know which sounds exciting on paper until you realize that they got Kirk, they got Shatner for like a week, maybe. You could, they, had, they had him for like five days. They could not get any of the other cast. I mean, even having Nimoy there would have been nice. Um, yeah. But you basically, you get James Doohan and, um, I forget who plays Chekhov, I should know this, Walter Koenig. Nuclear Wessels. <laughs> um, you get them at the start, um, along with, uh, oh, uh, what's his face, uh, who's uh, the captain of the new Enterprise, the uh, the second Enterprise Oh, the ship. guy who who was in um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, I wa- he's also Alan in Succession. Alan Tuck, Alan... Yes. Alan, Alan Rock. Rock, I yes. know was that, yeah. A, yeah. Of, um... Spin City fame. I was going to t- uh, give a shout out to uh, Succession. Yes, exactly. He plays um, the eldest um, son of the mm-hmm. yeah of the Roy sons. AKA the, the Murdochs. <laughs> yeah, the Murdochs. But he's also basically an avatar for one of the Coke brothers, one of the ones that just owns a Western town and and buys a. Uh, like Napoleon's penis, which doesn't turn out to be Napoleon's penis. Anyway. That's got to be a good life. <laughs> it's a good show. Um, um, but no, uh, he's the captain of the ship, and we get Kirk and blah, 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 and then Kirk gets uh, seemingly mm-hmm. killed in that time zone. You know how the plot goes. Yeah. But it's just like they, they only have Kirk and Picard together. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exciting for the 10 minutes where you get it. Yeah. Uh, none of the plot makes any sense, by the way. It's all this nonsense to do with... Um, a traveling portal that somehow keeps Somehow going people. into a traveling portal that gives you gives bliss that mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell's character was once in and somehow fell out of, and now and he's he obsessed get with getting back, back in, yeah. and he'll destroy planets in order to do so. He's the villain. Mm-hmm. Malcolm McDowell's usually a good villain. Mm-hmm. It's fun to see him do that role. Uh, him and Shatner get to have a fist fight near the end, which is uh, cool. Mm-hmm. And then they friggin' kill Kirk, which is... Rough man. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just well, uh, Mandela just shoots him in the back. Yeah, young young little uh, you know thirteen year old me is uh, mm-hmm. sitting there watching that like oh damn. Yeah, that, that's that's rough news. And I was okay with it when I saw that movie in ninety four when I was because ten maybe. How like all you want is for Kirk to interact with all your favorite yeah. characters and nope, just ten minutes of him and Picard barely you know like talking and kind of doing a bit mm-hmm. of banter that's fun but really they're uh, yeah. I did like that, that that moment where Kirk tells uh, Picard, whatever you do, don't let him promote you. Don't let him give you. Don't let him do anything that takes you away from the bridge of that ship. 
But uh, the plot, mm-hmm. plot-wise, it's basically like a bad episode of Star Trek TNG, which is still good in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yeah. Just with an astronomically higher budget than they usually have, so they're able to do funky special well, well, that was the thing, and like weird it, holodeck things yeah. that they couldn't do. They start on a, a ship. I don't know. The whole crew is on a... Uh, like mm-hmm. a Didn't they introduce like a, a space room or something where they can like look around? Oh, yeah, 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 which is never in the show, which is pretty cool. Um, There's this whole subplot where Data gets Mm -hmm. feelings, and it's annoying because Brent Spiner's range as an actor is not that good. Yeah. Um, So it's grating. Although Uh, I did love the moment. So I remember as a kid, I burst out laughing when the Enterprise is about to crash, and Data goes, oh, shit. (laughs) Because now he swears, (laughs) apparently. "Ah." And they said, shit, it's Star Trek. This is crazy. Yeah. I think you could still get like, away with like one shit in a PG movie at that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're allowed that. Anyway, that's that's the big thing that I watched, and I enjoyed it. I even uh, I'll mm-hmm. give that I'll give that three stars. It was better than I remembered. Yeah. Um. What else was I going to say? Um. Phil, what have you seen since we last recorded? Anything okay. good? Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you don't need to do a huge rundown, it, uh, but, but um, we uh, I saw uh the Academy Award nominee uh. Corpus Christi in the foreign foreign film category, the uh, Poland submission. What the heck, man? I know. I, I said, call me up. Anyways, go ahead. It was a day you weren't free, and that was like the only oh, day uh, right. me and my mom could uh, go. Okay. How was it though? Good. I really liked it. Yeah, it's. It kind of has like a sister act like plot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yes. But this is a drama. And Speaking of, mm-hmm. wait, when did Sister Act come out? That was 92. 92. Oh, yeah. So close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about a uh, convict on parole who uh, pretends to be a priest. So it's kind of like Sister Act meets the sweet hereafter. That's basically the plot. Nice. Because, like, it's a. T- it's a, it's a, it's a Poses a priest in a village wrecked by a car accident trauma that like a bunch of teenagers died in a car accident. Oh, oh was wow. That, was it Nuns on the Run, that Eric Idle movie? Yep. With yes. the, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I just love how that people, there's still, there was an argument for a long time that Nuns on the Run is better than a fish called Wanda. No! No. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, like in yep. spite of like the uh, Ebert's definition of like the mm-hmm. idiot plot, like. There's, there's like really good thematic exploration like really there's like a really good resolution like strong character development like the lead in that movie is fantastic yeah and I could totally see there being an American remake of this movie as well cool let's do it yeah I, I don't want there to be why is it called Corp- is there references to the town Corpus Christi in Texas or is it just like no really no. so where did the title come from what does it mean in Latin anyway I'm not sure I always thought it meant the, the Texas town Corpus Christi. Christie's corpse. I don't know. Christ's uh, corpse. Oh, of course. That makes sense. The body of Christ. <laughs> so the American remake would be like, what, Jesus' body? Probably. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a CanCon shout-out. I uh, finally saw the movie Firecrackers. I brought it up in the world. How was that? I, I have yet to I see it. I enjoyed it a lot. Like mm-hmm. A lot of people who like sort of picture, it's kind of, it's basically Canadian honey. Oh, shut up. I mean, superficially, heard, it basically mm-hmm. is that, but, you know, like, it, it's got its own flavor. Like, the yeah. the leads in that movie are fantastic. Like, it's... It's funny. I work with so many people who went to school with the people that made it, and they're just like, God damn it, how do we wind up in commercials? And these people are making mm-hmm. movies like it's, fireworks. It's it's directed by a Ryerson grad. Yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a bunch of people that went to, to Ryerson. And it's set in, like, an unnamed Ontario town, and... Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's it just sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, and I 
it's too bad that like this movie's like kind of stuck in Canadian purgatory, you know, like it should be bigger than it is. Yeah, I know. Um, was it was it financed through telephone? Was there any telephone financing? There was, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Sorry, tell like telephone. You're great, but they got to get over the whole like Canadian dis- distributor, yeah. like because it won't no. go anywhere. It no. won't. It won't. Just or if bad. it does, it'll go like to a small distributor that and get not promoted, like The Birder, which is a movie I worked on. Or sorry to our American listeners, it's The Bird Men, mm. uh, released by Sony Pictures. They changed it. With the Bird Man. Film, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's almost like <laughs> the Michael Keaton film came out. Got a lot of attention, and then the American distributor changed the name of the birder to be right next to it on the shelf. <laughs> hey, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember like there was this band I saw like wavelength called like Secret Handshake, but they had to change their name because there was already a band called Secret Handshake, so they called themselves like the Secret Hand Snakes, <laughs> <laughs> which is a way better band name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Secret Hand Snakes. Well, it kind of reminds me of the band. Uh, <laughs> there was a punk band called American Nightmare in the early two thousands, and they got a cease and desist from a. Cody Rhodes? No, no, no. This was before that. They got a cease and desist from, even though, like, the Misfits signed off on it and, like, mm-hmm. gave them permission, like, yeah, that's cool. Like, sort of like a thumbs up, like, thanks for naming your band after our song. Um, there was a, a country band called the American Nightmare oh. who existed before them and, and, like, claimed them for, like, trademark mm-hmm. infringement. And so they had to change their name to, so they changed their name to American Nothing, which huh. is such an awesome title. Yeah. But then that didn't work. There was, like, it was like, oh, it's still too close. So they had to change it to something else, and then they broke up. Um, and that was that. Um, I rewatched on Shout mm-hmm. uh, TV uh, the 1996 uh, movie about the Seattle mostly grunge scene, a hype. Hype, yep. I remember uh, that movie. Yeah, like, I wasn't as into it at the time. Like, I watched it on much music. I had it on, like, a blank tape, like, all, like, Nirvana content. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was disappointed at the time. I was like, oh, I wish there was more Nirvana and Soundgarden content. Yeah. Because I was being a baby about that. But, no, it's it's just a trick overview of, like, a Seattle that no longer exists. It's like, this yeah. sort of, like, organic DIY music scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it just conveys that scene so well. And it's just a really fun talking head uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. I got to rewatch it. It's on Shout, you said? It's on Shout. Uh, mm-hmm. There's like a YouTube rip of it, like Spanish subtitles. But watch it on ShoutFactory.tv.com. It's a free streaming Tubi? service. It's on, is it on Tubi? It's on Tubi as well. Mm-hmm. Like Tubi has the Shout Factory TV stuff. You can watch it through there as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they got that. Hmm. Some sneaky, sneaky stuff. Yeah. Anything else, Phil? Uh, I watched uh, Cisco Pike, which is the, the acting debut of Chris Christopherson. As a musician slash convicted drug dealer who is uh, strong-armed by uh, dirty cop Gene Hackman to uh, move some uh, premium bricks of weed. Nice. Nice. Oh, that premium weed when they're going for the big score. Yeah. (laughs) This is a 1971 movie. I was going to say. But it's got Karen Block in it and uh, Harry Dean Stanton back when he was H.D. Stanton. Ooh, he went by H.D.? Yeah, this is like... High definition uh, Stanton. (laughs) 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 If you've seen Tulane Blacktop, he's also billed as H.D. Stanton. Yeah, I have. It's a, that's a good yeah, film. Yeah. Um, he uh, Harry Dean Stanton showed up in as Howard Hughes in the movie I watched last night called uh, Tucker: The Man in His Dream. Oh wow! Yeah. Which uh, I highly recommend I watch watching. This. It's it's a it's a fun watch. It's also just depressing about how it's like America, the land of the free, unless you're doing something that will shake up a corporation, and then you cannot. What were you gonna say, Kit? I was just uh, for some reason uh, Elias Cotillas came up in a uh, yeah conversation. It was his birthday. 
Yeah, it was his birthday. That's mm-hmm. right. It was his birthday. And, and I was, uh, then I looked up what his first movie credit was, and it was the movie um, of what's it called? Um, Christmas Miracle or One Magic Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which used to play on TV all the time. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Uh, don't know if you guys remember that. And Harry Dean Stanton played the guardian angel. Oh wow. Um, and it's also a movie where the the dad gets shot and yeah, I remember that as well. <laughs> and eighties Disney lost their minds. In the 80s. <laughs> There's some dark content and then, like gets yeah. shot right in front of the little kids. This is eighties Disney content like across the board like Return to Oz, Watcher in the Woods. Oh yeah, Return to oh, Oz. Return to Oz. That was yeah. frightening. There's this Black one culture, whole bunch yeah. of heads. Um, um, yeah. So anyway, that was that was fun. They, they, she she has to go mm-hmm. all the way to North Pole to talk to Santa because Harry Dean Stanton's a guardian angel doesn't have the power to bring back somebody who has died. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. So Harry Dean Stanton uh, appears as Howard Hughes in Tucker Man in His Dream, which also uh, co-stars Elias Coteus. There you go. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's mm-hmm. a small world. Well, like, speaking of ladies, Elias Koteas, he was the bully in Some Kind of Wonderful. That was kind of oh, a great right. supporting that part. Yeah. What was... No, wasn't he the bully that, that came around? He became he, a good he, guy? He came yeah. comes around. He becomes the good mm-hmm. guy. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like it when, like... Because he hates Craig Sheffer even more. Yeah. Exactly. He comes around. I, li- I like it when... when Car- it's like... So, I love Hellraiser. But I kind of love Hellraiser 2 a little more because Pinhead becomes a good guy towards the end. Now, I don't think I'm spoiling anything here, but there's a moment where Pinhead gets his memory back. And he's still <laughs> he's still like the evil prince of hell. But then this like new Cenobite, this evil guy, Dr. Chenard, shows up. And Pinhead, at one point, he just turns around. And the look he gives, you're like, oh, shit. Pinhead's a good guy now. And he's going to save us. And then he gets killed. Um and then in part three, he's split into two different personalities, good pinhead and bad pinhead. <laughs> I like part three is a, is a fun nutso watch as well. I've got that here. Somewhere. That's the one with the CD the cap, head. The CD head. Yeah. yeah. And the camera guy who's like, are you ready for your close up? And then a lens pops out of his eyeball. Um, fun times. I've never seen a Hellraiser movie. Oh, really? I've only seen the first one. Shite. I've got like one, two, three, four, five, six of them here. I used to, love the, I used to love the posters when I was a kid because I liked horror movie posters. Mm-hmm. I've told you this before, yeah. but um, I never saw one. And Pinhead had some, and uh, Hellraiser had some dynamite posters. Yeah, that and Pumpkinhead had yeah. some pretty good ones. Um, so yeah, so I saw I watched Tucker Man in his dream, which is quite good. I'm trying to remember like if I'd seen, what movies I've seen since... Um, since talking since we last recorded and like have, did I watch did I talk about Bliss on the last podcast? No, you didn't. Because I know you're not a fan of it. No, I'm but not. I'm a huge fan of Bliss. I would recommend everyone check it out, even if you don't like it. It's at least a new independent film, uh, and it's uh, it's definitely something you don't see every day. Um, I really dug it. It's about a painter in Los Angeles who is kind of in the uh, the art scene there who's kind of like the enfant terrible of the art scene, if you would. And she is kind of going through a period of, um, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, creative block or whatever they call it. Yeah, create uh, creative block or something. And she gets out of it by snorting some drugs, which are called the bliss, which is oh, yeah, I saw a, trailer a, for this. a combination of like, cocaine and hair and D- DMT that's all ground up together into this black powder and so she hallucinates and she might have become a vampire but we don't really know so there's like a whole bunch of stuff um, it's uh, I really liked it I, I think it's really uh, out there I was there. really into the premise I'm like this movie's gonna be awesome yeah and you were the just not a fan just see I love the aesthetic I love the I fact that it was dirty and 
nihilistic and metally. It was too new metal. And it's it was just, not new metal. Uh, I'd say it's like maybe post new metal, but but I, I dug it, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the same director. He has a film on VOD called VFW, which has kind of got the same aesthetic to a degree, um, but uh, much different film. So I'm looking forward to that. And then I've seen a bunch of other stuff. I've seen like probably like 30 movies since we recorded Tammy and the T-Rex. So I don't want to try to think about what I, what they were. And I love God too. We saw that. Oh yeah. We watched the love God, which I've I'm been a fan of for a while, but I think I talked about that like on a podcast several years ago or several episodes ago. Um, I've mostly just been rattling stuff mm-hmm. off like what I've from this month. And like, I also watched yeah. the day trippers yesterday. Right. Right. You were mentioning which was that. Greg Matola's first movie. Mm-hmm. So that's finally available on, on criterion. It's on, on the, criterion, the channel? criterion channel, but there is, they also put out the DVD a physical Blu-ray. release. Oh, yeah. nice. Cool. So, like, that's got, like, a stacked cast. Uh, you got, like, Parker Posey. You've mm-hmm. got Hope Davis. Um, Stanley Tucci. Marsha Gay Harden. Uh, like, and Liev Schreiber. Like, Liev Schreiber and, like, the mother and Mira. Like, they basically steal the movie. Uh, nice. Yeah. Cool. So, with that being said, let's get into the plot. Yes. Of Point Break. Point. Point Break. Point Break. On the coast of Southern California, you can only surf, party, and make love for so long before it's time to go to work. Rock and roll! 27 banks in three years. Anything to catch the perfect wave. I'm not a crook. Patrick Swayze. Fear causes hesitation. And hesitation will cause your worst fears to come true. Keanu Reeves. You think I joined the FBI to learn to surf? Point break. Adios, amigo! So um, we open up on a rainy day at Quantico FBI training facility where you got to learn to shoot in the rain. You learn to shoot in the rain, and you got to know like your your gun might seize up. You got to the rain is pouring, and there's like all these targets coming out of the. uh, I just don't know why Keanu Reeves in this sequence isn't wearing a rain jacket. He's just in like a t-shirt. You got to you got to be able to survive the elements. What if you You don't have your rain jacket? Yeah, a black t-shirt, and he's using like a shotgun. Yeah, which. A whole bunch of problems with all that stuff. Um, so anyways, he's, it's his final test. It's, I guess, the shooting test is the final part of being an FBI agent, which I thought it was like a written exam or deductive reasoning or something like that. It just reminded me of that, mm-hmm. uh, that scene in The Simpsons where Marge is training to be a cop, and she does that. And then, and then he's like, he's he like, you missed, missed the baby. baby. You missed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this is like also the same year as Silence of the Lambs, and like that was opening with like Jodie Foster, like, on a, training montage. Yeah, she was like on a, it was an obstacle course or something. An obstacle course, yeah. yeah. Wasn't G.I. Jane around this time, too? No, that was, like, late. late, late. That, that was, like, oh, 97, okay. I think. Yeah, 97, 96. Because mm, no. it was right after Striptease, because everyone was saying, oh, she did the two movies in the Wait, same no, year. she shaved her head. Oh, my God. Oh. Like somehow it was more controversial. Yeah. That's a Sinead O'Connor thing, which I think did happen in 91. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... It happened a bit earlier than that, but yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Not, it was the 90s, though, for sure. 
Um, so then he is quickly assigned to Los Angeles, or it's just somewhere in California. Yeah. It might be San Diego. It kind and of the Quantico yeah. training montage is like juxtaposed with surfing. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, those epic surfing shots. And I think right from the opening credits, I was like, I'm gonna love this movie. Yeah. And I, I should, in full disclosure, I, I dug the hell out of this movie. Nice. I, I, kinda, I, I was hoping you would. It's yeah. Catherine Bigelow's best movie. I've seen, I think I've seen all of them. I've seen Strange Days, Blue Steel, A Near Dark, uh, Hurt Locker. I haven't seen Zero Dark Thirty or Detroit yet, but uh, I definitely think this K-19, is K-19, The Widowmaker. Oh, I saw part of that on TV. I was like, meh. Um, there was some Sean Penn movie that nobody's seen called like, The Shape of Water. Oh, jeez. I don't Have know. Have seen The Loveless with Willem Dafoe? No, that was her first yeah. one, right? Well, yeah. Co-directed. Co-directed, yeah. I see the, uh, no. the, uh, the first review I see on IMDb is Plotless. <laughs> <laughs> Loveless should have been called Plotless. Um, and so then he is introduced to John C. McGintley, who is... Or do we have a robbery first? Um, I think... Almost like maybe, isn't it during maybe an excla- uh, exclamation, like some cross-cutting goes on? Like, oh, here's what they do, here's their M.O., and then we see it happen? Or? Yeah, I, I vaguely remember something like that. Like, oh, you right, see yeah, because they watched it on, on video. So John C. McGinley. Yeah, it does seg to, like, like once the mm-hmm. once Richard Nixon, like, moons the camera, like, it just segs to, like, the office. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. we really get to see that actor's butthole. Yeah, that was, that was a note <laughs> I made. Butthole, question mark. Yeah, I mean HD, man. It's it's unforgiving. Um, so yeah, so he's uh, John C. McGinley is the head of the FBI and branch. Everybody, yeah, everybody talks like like an insane person. Well, like the, the the writers' room for the film is filled with cocaine, basically. Like it's well, just. I don't think you can write cocaine dialogue on cocaine. I think they're just. I think the writers' room probably like were surrounded by people who did cocaine, and so that's how they based all their people talking. Because everyone's insane in this movie. John they, C. McGinley they, like, is insane. Just uh, you know, you're like, a blue flame. You know what that means. Yeah, young, dumb, and full of cum. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they talked like a 1940s newsman either, but that's my opinion on it. You got a transatlantic version of 90s dialogue. Yeah. So, so John C. McGinley is like the head of the FBI office, and he assigns Keanu Reeves to his new partner, the Juicy Busey himself, Gary Busey. This is post-motorcycle accident Busey. So right, like, so he's looking, he's starting to look rough. Yeah. Angelo Pappas is his name. Oh, right, right. Name. And we should point out that Keanu Reeves' name is Johnny Utah. And, he's, he's, and Johnny Utah is inspired by Joe Montana. That was basically what they were yeah. riffing off of. Yeah. And mm-hmm. well, uh, the, um, the Busey character is like your quintessential, like, kind of uh, almost the aging rogue uh, FBI detective. He's not well liked by his superiors. Nah. He wears Hawaiian shirts. He's chomping us a, he a cigar. Numb, man. He does things his own way. Yeah, and it's he's, he's got this theory that. All these the the ex presidents is the name of this bank robbing crew. He's like, I got a theory that they're surfers. And and the more you hear him talk, the more you like, wow, he's like a, a like a FBI like alcoholic. <laughs> no, like a like just you know, uh, people are just targets. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, uh, you get the sense he probably like was the agent that shot Fred Hampton in his bed or something like that. Like he's just like the FBI's got a job to do, and you gotta because uh, when Keanu shoots his first person, he's like, mm-hmm. and don't worry about that, man. It's just, uh, it's you or them. You got to let yeah. it go. And so, uh, basically, at first, they're, they kind of, like, don't like each other. They go to the site. So, the ex-presidents are a group of bank robbers who wear um, novelty presidential masks. So, there's Richard Nixon. There is Ronald, uh, Reagan. Ronald Reagan. There's uh, Carter. And who's the other one? Lyndon B. Johnson. LBJ. LBJ. No one went for Kennedy. Um, might have, might yeah, have been LBJ, I, I, who was I, never... 
like I mean, actually, I never actually elected to anything in his life. No. I don't think he actually ever won an election. He fell into presidency. <laughs> yeah, like, like the Carter and LBJ are like the second tier of like the crew. Like they're like they're both uh, single term Democrats. Yeah. And the actors playing these characters barely have any lines as well. That's yeah, they're true. just kind of there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, you recognize some of them from like other '90s films of that era, but yeah, they're not. I believe uh, they were like professional surfers. Those actors. As well. Oh, that helps. Yeah. That oh helps. wow. Um, so yeah, so Gary Busey's theory on this is that the ex-presidents rob banks to finance their surfing because they only do it for like what is it like four months a year, and then they stop, and then they come back yeah. and do it again. So they like financing. And one of their tip offs was mm-hmm. like when like they paused the tape on like the the butthole. Dude, the butthole is like a the tan, tan line. line. Yeah, look at that tan line. That's a surfer's tan <laughs> line. Although the interesting thing is that when all these guys are surfing, they're all wearing full body suits. Yeah, except for the guy who shows his butthole because yeah. he mooned. That's how Johnny Utah figures out that they're the robbers because at first he doesn't know. He just thinks they're a surf cool surf crew. <laughs> and he sees that butthole and he sees and that butt like, and he's like, Jesus, it's them. <laughs> I'd recognize that butthole anywhere. I've been staring at it all day, every day for six years. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Gary Busey takes Keanu Reeves to go surfing. Well, that, did we mention the reason why they're successful uh, bank robbers? All right. Uh, I think it's because they never take anything from the vault, right? They're yes. just robbing. They're in and out in 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. They just take the money from the tills and go. And that's all they need to get by. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They're not greedy bank robbers. They're just Just lazy. to live their uh, surfer their life. endless surf, yeah. Yeah, endless summer. Yeah. I believe um, they do say that line. At endless some point. summer. Yeah. By the way, the, uh, the names of the gang members are Bodie, of course, played by Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. And then the other ones are Roach, Gromit, yeah. and Nathaniel. Ah. Well, Roach is played by uh, 90s indie staple James LaGrosse. That's right. Cool. Um, and then, so basically, uh, he kind of goes to buy a surfboard. And the kid that sells him a surfboard ridicules him for being too old. And he's like, hey... I'm 25 years old, <laughs> and the kid is like, "Well, That's yeah, a I guess everything. <laughs> just, just you know, take away thought and just mm. breathe hard while you talk." Um, and uh, so he basically goes out surfing, nearly dies, and is saved by Lori Petty. And uh, they, didn't we? Uh, didn't you guys say that uh, Keanu Reeves actually learned how to surf for this movie? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. Swayze learned how to surf for the movie. Petty learned how to surf for the movie. Wow. Like. Swayze had like a tiny bit of experience and Swayze was really adamant about doing his, all of his own stunts which backfired because he broke, broke like, his ribs. ribs yeah <laughs> so he also did, had to do like the he also did like a lot of his own like like skydiving right yeah yes Including he, that, he that, got really into skydiving that shot and like eventually the insurance company had to be like stop doing this because <laughs> you might fall out of a plane and, and not have a parachute because like when he does that great scene at the end where he like looks right into the camera and then just falls backwards out of a plane all the way down you're like oh my god that was Patrick Swayze jumping out of a plane for real. Cut to Keanu Reeves, a stuntman <laughs> jumping out of a plane. Um, we love it, Keanu. Don't don't ever stop doing what you're doing. Um, but where are we? So basically, he Keanu then spies on Lori Petty. This is where he purrs on her changing her clothes. Yep. And he sees he, her license plate. Yep. Tracks her, her down and realizes, oh, her parents died five years ago. Oh, she's an orphan. Whoa. Uh, can can you use this? Yeah, yeah, I can. Um, so that, right. he does. I mean, uh-huh. kind of skeevy to be honest with you. But I guess his his main mission is that he needs to get undercover quick. So yeah, yeah, and learn how to surf. Get in with the surfers. And like, so the reason why. So at first, him and Gary Busey 
are at each other's throats because he's the hot young shot that wants to change all the rules and Busey's oh, yeah, like no we that, got a way to do this there's that one scene overlooking the um off Mulholland the Drive valley off yeah. Mulholland Drive same same exact spot where, where just, um, Laura Herring crashes her car yeah exactly yeah. um and all of a sudden, like, Busey's character just flies off the handle and starts screaming at him. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Keanu Reeves goes to her and, like, basically gives her this sob story of, like, yeah, I was studying to be a lawyer. But then, I don't, I don't know why I went to that voice. Um, and then, uh, but then last year my parents died and I realized I was living their dream, not mine. And she is so taken in by his parents dying that she yeah, agrees they- to teach him to surf. Yeah, she basically, uh, the shot is on her face. She's looking unconcerned, and then she hears that detail, and like, oh, his parents are dead too. We are twin He's souls, just like me. Yeah. Then so, you get like a bit of like a training mm-hmm. montage the next morning. Yeah. Yeah. She gives me all. Oh, we're only going to do this for one day, and if you don't show up six a.m., that's it. That's it. And you know, she's falling for him. Mm-hmm. And then he, she introduces uh, him to her surf. So she's at first the love interest of um, Bodhi. Of Bodhi. Yeah. But apparently Bodhi is a bit more free love with his whole... It's a very open relationship. I don't yeah. think... I think it's a one-way open relationship. But Bodhi's I, he way. doesn't seem too, like, jealous of Keanu. Like, obviously they chill, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's, he's like, like Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> but before McConaughey. L-I-V-I-N. I'm shocked he didn't even say something like that. Um, and we should also point out that Bodhi is the character that realizes who... Um, who Johnny Utah is because he recognizes him from the Rose Bowl three years ago, right? You're Johnny Utah because they're playing football on the beach. Which confused me because I'm like, if he knows who he is, how are they not immediately finding out that he joined the FBI? But as you pointed out, it's a different age and Mm -hmm. we weren't that connected. No, we weren't. Unless you like, there was a a story about it in the paper that you read that day. You weren't going to find out. There was no LinkedIn. There was no Facebook. It was a better time. You could actually have mystery. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can meet someone and then within five minutes they know your entire history and it sucks. You could change your identity, man. I know. I'm thinking about doing that. What a life, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah. So he figures out right away, and they kind of like take him in because like, oh, this guy's this guy's an athlete. But he like blew out his knee, and he's like now learning to surf. So they kind of take him under his wing. They go to a party. That's where they find out that Bodie is cheating on uh, Lori Petty. Well, it's not even cheating. He's like, she's yours now, man. Which is gross and all its own. It's, it's kind of like it's. <laughs> It seems to be, like, revealed that, like, she's more like his ex than anything, I guess. But they were, like, when he came up to her, like, right away he kissed her and was like, hey, yeah, that's, that's not a woman, you know, is there something I gotta be... He even says to her, I think, do I need to be worried about this guy? And she's like, no, I'm just teaching him to surf or something. I get the feeling they were nearing the end of their relationship yeah. or whatever. Who knows? We're, I'm we're guessing reading too much into Bodhi it. Bodhi <laughs> dates a different girl every week. Yeah, exactly. He's kind of like, whatever comes my way, man. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you're giving him such a Matthew yeah, like, McConaughey like, There's, like, this yeah. kind of skeevy dance where, like... Uh, He's like sucking a lime out of like the woman's mouth while mm-hmm. he like knocks back a shot of tequila. Yeah, yep. yeah, that, that does happen. Now we should point out this movie is a whole lot of style. There's a whole lot of stuff going on about surfing. Like Johnny Utah, they they realize that one of the bank robberies they find a hair, and in the hair there's like some chemical from a beach mixed with sand, and they're like, if we can get the hair at a beach that's polluted. Because, like, why do they close a beach? Because it's too polluted, man. And so they go, apparently, in because, California. Uh, well, yeah, it's revealed that surfers are territorial. And they'll only, yeah. once they find the point, the, the their spot, their, their point break or whatever it is, they mm-hmm. don't leave that. Yeah. 
Um, so so they go to know. a bunch of different beaches, and Gary Busey steals some surfers' hairs and some stoner dudes. Like they're like smoking weed underneath mm. like a towel, beach yeah. towel or something, which is insane. But I guess they're worried about cops. <laughs> about cops? No one can see us. They were. What do we do? Like we're why is boxing this towel? Why does this towel look, smell like marijuana? Um, so then Keanu Reeves kind of like is out there slur- surfing, and he gets close to a a guy, a surfer who. Doesn't take, too, doesn't take out, yeah. too kindly, and then he's confronted well, by. Well, because they, they, he kind of you know, badly crosses his path because he's trying to like grab some hair mid surf. Yeah, exactly. And fails. Um, and then the guy punches him out and cuts his uh, tether cord. Yeah, and doesn't Kano's board break in half or something? That's later. Oh right, and so. Um, and so Keanu like is following them, and like Gary Busey is like communicating with him through a walkie. And then this is where we get the introduction of Anthony Kiedis, and there are these bad surfer dudes who are like neo Nazis, maybe. Anthony Kiedis rocking the same haircut mm-hmm. he does in the, in, same, in the in the same gang as like the sur- bad surfer that he crossed paths. With. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they're part mm-hmm. of a, a weird bad neo Nazi mm-hmm. gang, as it turns out, or something. I don't know yep. what's going on with that. They pull a blade on him. But yeah, he's got the same haircut as he does in the um, Give It Away video, I believe. Probably because the video would have been filmed around the same time. It's like the two rat tails. Yeah, yeah. and the triple mohawk or whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, and uh, the other guy who's uh, introduced oh, here yes, is Vincent, our uh, friend from Cyborg. Our friend from Cyborg. <laughs> yes, he plays. I think is it Fender, Fender in Cyborg? Ooh. Roaring dude. Yeah. I like this world. Um, that's exactly what he said. Vincent Kiln is his name. That's funny because his uh, photo on Google is from uh, is from Point Break. Yeah, Vincent Kiln uh, from Cyborg, who plays Fender Tremolo in Cyborg. Uh, and, and in this movie, he's got a great name. What is it? War Child. War Child. Yes. <laughs> um, Which uh, what that brings up the great line in this scene where it's like Patrick Swayze steps in and what does he say? Back off, War Child. Seriously. <laughs> Back <laughs> off, War Child. Seriously. Yeah. So Patrick Swayze, uh, basically, awesome. um, War Child and Anthony Kiedis are gonna and their gang are gonna murder Canaries um, behind the. Um, there's some bushes and shit. Behind some bushes. Yeah, there's just a little and clearing. Gary Busey's freaking out, and he has to cross the street and run to them. He's running, 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 trying to save them as, like, they... Because he kind of sees, like, a punch being thrown or something from behind the bushes. And Patrick Swayze saves him, and they're about to walk away. And then Kennedy says something like, I just have one more thing to say. And then he punches the guy, and that starts a fight. So him and um, Patrick Swayze, like, fight off these guys and then walk away. And Gary Busey rushes up to them. And, like, at first you think Gary Busey's going to blow his cover, but he's just like... Oh, hey, hey guys, have you seen a little dog? I lost my little dog. And No, it's like somebody stole my car stereo. Oh, car stereo, <laughs> right. Yeah. This is a big thing back in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kids just ran away with my car stereo. You see him? No, but check out those guys down there. Maybe they did it. And like Patrick says, like, ha 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 ha, he's going to get his ass kicked. But Canterbury's like, you knows, ha ha ha, he's an FBI agent. And so they follow those guys. This is also kind of what bonds Patrick Swayze to Leonardo DiCaprio to uh, Johnny Utah. Because Swayze says, like, you're a guy that never turns away from a fight. I like that. I need that. You live on your, you let your heart guide you, or some nonsense like that. Some surfing nonsense. He's very new agey. Oh yeah. yeah, he's all about like feeling the feeling the vibes, feeling the waves, and you know going for that big wave, even if it risks your life, man. You just gotta go for just it. Go for the wave. Kind of Everything else doesn't matter. They have that whole night surfing thing, which is shot day for me. Yeah, night. yeah. So we're getting close to that. Feel the wave. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so. uh... 
basically, Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey follow the Anthony Kiedis gang, and it turns out they're like crazy guys. <laughs> the Anthony Kiedis gang. Because <laughs> 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 like, like, there's that great follow-up scene where like they're they're driving through, they're through driving the city. This military jeep just, just weaving being, it out. Just, just like trying just to like instill criminals, chaos. Yeah. Like we're crazy. <laughs> like it's like that's definitely got to be them. And they park on the lawn. <laughs> Yeah, then they have a oh, parking. Drug they have a parking. Yeah, that must be the uh, bank robbers that we can't find. It's those guys. Those guys. Those those <laughs> inconspicuous psychos. And um, so they sit on them, and then basically, like they they do a stakeout, and then the the other FBI agents come to relieve them. And they see you see like Tom Sizemore like pouring like beer janky beer onto. on his Cheerios. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's the undercover guy, right? But we don't know that well, that's, yet. We revealed a bit. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good reveal, I gotta say. So then Keanu goes to. Um, I wonder if viewers in the '90s knew that Patrick Swayze and those guys were the Surf Gang, because it's like we gotta remember we're watching this now, knowing we know, we know, we know yeah. going in that those guys are the like. At least, I, I, even I from feel like trailers would have uh, revealed I'm sure it. If trailer, the trailer would have revealed it. Would have been it. hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the first test viewers would have gone in blind. But oh uh, my god, Bodie's a robber. It was like, whoa, what's going to happen? We're going to have like just this friendship subplot, and I'll, maybe no, the no. good surfers will have to team up to stop the bad surfers. <laughs> You're all FBI agents now. Bodie's Ronald Reagan. You're all deputies in my eyes, and I'm Keanu. Um. So, uh, Keanu and, and Gary Busey hand over the stakeout. So, at, in the morning, they're going to raid the house. Yeah, they got, the, they got that lovely, um, like, the rival FBI guys mm-hmm. who, are, who are still on, on the same case, but they, you know, they, they turn their like nose em. up at Gary Busey and his new uh, blue mm-hmm. flame yeah. uh, cadet. And I, I pointed out... kind of like the second team in Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. And they mm-hmm. got that, like, that, those 90s big flat but, top but they white actually, guy haircuts. They actually, the thing about those haircuts are, they're supposed to be geeky haircuts from the 90s. They totally look contemporary because they're almost yeah. like the Hitler Youth cut, like with the really short sides and long on the yeah. top, which in the 90s was not the thing, man. You had to have you let your hair square grow. Square cut. Yeah, it was for squares. And now it's for hipsters. Um... Although hipsters really don't yeah, exist I don't, anymore. No I know. I know. R.I.P. hipsters. Um, R.I.P. Max von Sydow. Oh, yeah. That. We didn't mention yeah. that. Shout yeah, out he to the original hipster. Yeah. MVS. Mm-hmm. Um, so then... Star of Strange Brew. Strange Brew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then uh, we see... We have... Can, uh, Johnny Utah goes to the party at Bodie's, which is where he like hangs out more with Laurie Petty's character. They, and do he, some, they throw the football around. Throw the football around. They go for a night uh, a night surf. And this is where him and Laurie Petty kind of like first get romantic. And you hear more about like Bodie's philosophy yeah. as well. Yeah, they, oh, they go blackout too. They get the black surfboards. Yeah, so no one totally can see dark. Us. And as you said, it's shot day for night, which does not look great in high def. Nope. Mm. Uh, you can see the sun at some time <laughs> in certain shots. <laughs> hmm, that moon is casting a lot of shadow. Um, and then because yeah, I definitely remember watching this movie mm-hmm. on VHS, and I don't remember the it sun being at that all. bad. Well, that's like uh, there's the movie Dog Soldiers, and there's certain scenes in that that are in daytime. When I got the blurry, I'm like, I never realized that was daytime because on the DVD it was just dark. So, um, so they they do this night surfing, and then there's the basically the Keanu sleeps with Lori Petty's character. He's late for his big raid, and this is when oh, they on fought. the beach too, mm-hmm. which would be uncomfortable. Which would be too. awful. We were all talking about like, man, you're gonna get <laughs> rashes everywhere. Sand's gonna like, you just it's just gonna suck. Um, yep. So he rushes, and it's then a sure way to get some UTI, I'm sure. Yes. We have a big old 
uh, action set piece uh, when the FBI agents raid this house. And they're, by the way, woefully underprepared. Like, none of them are wearing flak jackets or, like, bulletproof no, vests. No, and, like, the rival FBI agents are, like, shaming Keon. What are you doing for me? Rafirona, stick out. They got the jankiest uh, um, walkie-talkies that are completely undone by a nearby mm-hmm. lawnmower. lawnmower. <laughs> I can't hear anything. Um... Because, like, the guys have got, they realize, because, like, at a certain point, the guys realize there's something going down, or the, the bad surfers. Well, because Gary Busey comes, and he knocks on the door. He's doing the, yeah. I lost my dog. Yeah, I lost my little dog. dog. And the, uh, the, the, the I don't want to say bimbo, it seems like the almost it's a bimbo. word. That but, is um, the word. It was the 90s. She's got the G-string on, and the, the two-piece bikini. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't, she doesn't buy Gary Busey's story. She's getting she's paranoid. Like, get out of here, man. Um, and then everybody in the house is getting paranoid, and they're so looking they through the windows, and somebody glances somebody else. And it looks like Anthony Kiedis is like having like a bit of like a drug freak out listening to his music, and he's like pounding his chest. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the bullets start flying, and stuff. The proverbial, you know, shit just gets real, and uh, maybe, yeah, lots of shit happens. There's like, but this is a really. I have to say, the action in this film is really, really, really good. Catherine, I re- Catherine Bigelow's been good with that. I she's good with that, yeah. And I feel like this is her, her, the one film where she was able to like really let her. Oh, this and Near Dark let her stylistic flourishes like oh, yeah, seep out sure. because uh, Strange Days. Like I rewatched some scenes from it in anticipation of this, and like it, it looks bad. It looks like like muddy garbage. It doesn't really hold up. Like as no, it's it's the year two thousand, man. It's nineteen ninety nine on the cusp of two thousand, but like it yeah. just, just looks like nineteen ninety five. It's like gross ninety five. Um, I also have to say, like you know, the Hurt Locker has its own vibe. Like the Haiti of cyber goths as well. Yeah, which is like what everybody's dressed as in this movie, mm-hmm. which died like the next day, like this the day after they wrapped the movie. Like the cyber goths are like, I think we're done, gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough of that. Yes, we've achieved it all. Let's... Like hackers was bad enough. Mm-hmm. Strange days is a nail in the yes, coffin. Yes, we, we we've officially hit jump the shark. Um, folks, okay. have you heard of this new metal? <laughs> this limp biscuit shall lead us to the future. I'm trying to remember Zero Dark Thirty. There's that one big action scene in the uh, the raid on Osama's compound. I think that was well done, from what I remember. That was like I mean, the last forty minutes of the movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's a long mm-hmm. scene, but I remember it being uh, engaging and exciting. Whatever you think of the politics of the film, which yeah, are, which are pretty garbage, but um, it's an exciting scene. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the shootout is is kind of crazy, and then it becomes like Phil mentioned Chekhov's lawnmower, and it becomes Chekhov's lawnmower. Yeah. Because there's a scene, it basically gets overturned, and there's a scene where the bad guy, uh, Vincent Kiln, Warchild, is shoving Keanu Reeves' face into the blades as they are spinning. Yes. I mean, he doesn't quite get there. It got really, I got really like, it's really intense. Yeah. He came really close. Like, if he, like, just gave up and was like, screw it. Yeah, there goes my face. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, man, that would have been worse. Um, but yeah, so, and, and Keanu shoots him, but then we, we realize, or we are told that um, Tom Sizemore's character is. An informant. Oh, he was under, undercover. Undercover, and so he's complaining. Like, you think I like having my hair this way? Do you think I like dressing like this? My wife makes me stay at a motel. Like, I mean, I'm knowing Tom mm-hmm. Sizemore. I think he does like dressing that way and yeah. staying in motels. But in real life, not like he <laughs> yeah, not in mean. performance. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's at this point that they realize, oh man, this, it's just Tom like Tom Sizemore did continue to go deep uh, undercover. Deep under, he's still undercover, actually. <laughs> he's still undercover. <laughs> Imagine if it was all just like research for his role in Point Break, and he finally like comes out. He's like, "Well, I think it all paid off." It's like, uh, we shot that movie twenty nine years ago. Um, so wh- where are we where are we next, guys? 
I think, is it now that Keanu Reeves sees the guy's butt and realizes they Did, did they're we them? mention that Anthony Kiedis gets shot in the foot? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, no, no, yeah. 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 Which is pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the guys in the crew get shot. Like, um, Keanu, prior to the lawnmower fight, um, Keanu gets assaulted by a naked woman in a shower. Oh, who yeah. Who also oh, yeah. Stabs, stabs an FBI agent in the multiple back. times in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild, yeah. It's a, it's a rough scene, I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, scene is in, like, place where you hang out. Not scene as in, like, scene, movie scene. Um, so, yeah, I forget what happens exactly after this. We kind and there's of just some more surfing. And then there's... More romance between Laurie Petty uh, and Keanu. Yeah, more romance, a bit more investigating. And mm-hmm. then we end up at this part where uh, Keanu's gassing up uh, with his partner... And the bank robbery is happening right across the street. Well, wait a second. So, I think we're missing some stuff. So, Keanu sees uh, What's-His-Face's butt. Oh, okay. So, and he's, that, he's sort he of figured yeah. it out, and he's like, oh, they I just, think maybe the people I'm... Uh, oh. The money's mm-hmm. drying up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the money's drying up, so they need to go for another... So, he realizes they need to go for another thing, so they're actually yeah, like... he's not surprised when he sees the bank they're robbery. They're actually staking yeah. out. There's things they're not guessing up. They're actually staking at the bank. They and know which banks are going to head oh, next. Oh, yeah, but and then he goes to get the hot dogs, and he's yeah, yeah. meatball sandwiches. Meatball sandwiches, two for Gary Busey. Two for Gary Busey. And Gary Utah, Busey is so two. not even, like, paying attention. He's, like, he's Gary, reading, he's reading Calvin the newspaper. And, Hobbs, and he misses, so right behind... He's just laughing his head off at Calvin and Hobbes. Even <laughs> <laughs> he's Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and right behind Keanu Reeves, that's when the car pulls up, and Keanu goes back and he, to Gary Busey, and he's like, Hey, did you see that old Lincoln Mercury pull up? What Lincoln Mercury? That one. And then all of a sudden, out come the ex-presidents. And this yeah, is when... All wearing their masks still, of course. And we get into, like, a pretty dynamite car chase, I guess. Yeah, really say. good. Um, lots of, Don't you know... they switch cars at a certain point, too? They do yes, at the gas they station. Do. Yeah, yeah. the gas station. Oh, God, and they get that and great sh- scene where he uh, he lets <laughs> a bit of the, gas the go gas and nozzle. then lights the gas pump on fire, which would definitely not work. So he's work. got the nozzle from the <laughs> gas pump, and he's using it as a flamethrower. Like, no, the entire pump would explode. <laughs> That's not how physics works. Like, I'm like, I want to know after this movie came out That's how just, many wannabe criminals oh, died. Sure. Trying to be like, all right, cops, <laughs> take try this, kick. Boom! Dead. Well, he uses it to torch the uh, the Oldsmobile. Yeah, he uses it the, to get rid of the yeah. evidence because mm-hmm. they're very careful and they steal somebody else's car. Yeah, which is a faster car, and they take off in that, and they go th- they go through that, and then doesn't someone get shot? No, no one gets shot. Well, because they, go down, they end up in they the aqueduct. At yeah, this is um, and so this is when the amazing foot chase happens. Keanu versus uh, Patrick Swayze which, stunt which double. Which we we spy in Hot Fuzz. You see, yeah. uh, you see the end uh, the ending of the. Sh- Mm-hmm. Where, the uh, of it, yeah. where Keanu, you know, puts his gun into the Shoots air. Shoots up goes, into ah! the air. Mm-hmm. This, it's like one of the two best uh, foot chases of the 90s. Like yeah. Between this and Seven. Oh, yeah, Oh, yeah. that is a good one, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is like crazy better, yeah. and intense and claustrophobic. Like they're running through like narrow, yes. like not even alleyways, like spaces between two houses, through houses, through backyards, and into the uh, to the Los Angeles River, the, the aqueduct or viaduct or whatever it's called. Yep. And we get that scene where like Keanu's falling down and he's got the shot on Bodie. He could he could shoot him. But he can't shoot him because he loves him so much. And so he he does what you would never do, which is insane. Points the gun up in the air. Points the gun in the air. <laughs> those bullets are just going to fall yeah. straight back down. <laughs> yeah. There's no way those bullets are not coming straight back down. They're like killing some innocent bystander somewhere. His, his bad knee uh, gives out. Like, yeah. Just, it's, uh, it's a uh, big drop. That's... At so least. frustrating though because it's just like it's like 15 feet or I so. know yeah it was rough so and uh, Bodhi gets away but the thing is now 
all of those guys. Yeah, it's an awkward situation because have seen they. It's he knows that they're the bank robbers, and he knows that they know, know that who he is yes. because he's shown his face. But they don't know that he knows that they know that he yeah, knows. Yeah, so that creates an interesting dynamic. So they decide to go skydiving. Yeah, they they just show up at his house one like, morning, and he's got to pretend hey, man, like oh, I guess so. I'm not feeling too well today. Oh right. So but before this, this is when he gets into a, a fight with Lori Petty. So she <laughs> wakes finds up. up who finds out he's an FBI agent. What else? Are your parents even dead? He's like, no, they're both happy and alive in Columbus, Ohio. They're both very alive and happy. Yeah. <laughs> I talk to them every night. She uh-huh. shoots his <laughs> I've the told them about you. pillow. Yeah, she, she, oh, right, because she pulls out his gun and she yeah, shoots she his pillow. Yeah, she finds his badge. Yeah. yeah, it's very, uh, like, Goodfellas, like Lorraine Bracco and Goodfellas, like, yeah. waking him up with a gun. Mm-hmm. And so then... Uh, Except he's not cheating on her. No, that's true. And so then, and but so he then, is in a way. He's lying to her. He's being dishonest. Y- yes, he's deceitful, yeah. but monogamous. Um, and so she runs away past um, past Bodie and the boys. And Bodie's like, "We got something. Come on, we need your boots and your shoes." So he like grabs a bunch of clothes. And like, "Come on, you'll change in the van." And so then they go skydiving, and they do this whole thing of like, like, uh, "Hey, if you pack my pack, I'll well, here's mine, and I'll try yours." And they do a whole. Yeah. The Peter does clam not trust, trust yeah. exercise, yes. Because the whole thing is like, because they still are not entirely sure that he knows, sorry, the bad surfer, the ex-presidents are not entirely sure that Keanu knows that they know what he is and who they are. And Keanu is not sure if he they know who he is. Yes, no, 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 they know who he is. But uh, they don't know if he if he knows who they are. It's great dramatic irony for the yeah. audience who 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 knows everything and and uh, yeah. it's fun to watch that scene. And then they do a skydiving scene, which is kind of nuts because they're falling for a hundred years. Yep. It's like you would be out. You, you basically like from what I've heard from people who go skydiving, it's like you jump out of the plane, you count to three, and then pull your chute. There's like none of this like I've, flying I'm, around. I remember in a like we have to go very high up, but yeah. I've seen the videos where they like they try to make a circle and stuff, yeah. and they do all of that, mm-hmm. and that certainly takes more than three seconds. So yeah, yeah. like gravity does not exist. Mm-hmm. It's like sort of like those like outer space like dancing and yeah, space, they're floating in space and having a great time and talking Swayze's to each doing other, somersaults, and, and they're talking to each other and like come on over here, and it's like you wouldn't hear each other if you were actually falling. Um, <laughs> And One of them's reading a novel. Swayze acknowledges <laughs> it in the future. It's like, yeah, we you had some mm-hmm. poetic license here because you're going like 220 miles per hour. Or so. Yeah, and then they did they did that thing where they showed. Uh, were you here for Kit? Or did you stick around to watch where they showed how they actually filmed those sequences? How no, they're I basically had to go. all in a parking lot and like on each one was on their own rig. That was kind of like you. The rig was first, and then they put the clothes on around you, and you basically were like it looked like and they had wind machine like uh, fans blowing. It was all ingeniously done to make it look like they were they were skydiving, and then like so they land, and then Keanu's like, "Oh my god, I still love you guys!" In his head, obviously, but he's like, "That was the best." And then this is when they reveal that they've kidnapped Lori Petty, and they are going to kill her unless he helps them. So masks off, so to speak, all around. Yeah, and so then it's like, "Well, you're going on the bank robbery with us," and And so the guy who kidnapped uh, Lori Petty. Oh right, yeah. It's uh, Lee Turgeson, the actor, Mm -hmm. who's well known, also well known for playing Tobias Beecher on Oz, Mm -hmm. and he played Terry, aka the "I Love You Man" guy in Wayne's World. That's Mm -hmm. right. His character's named Rosie, and he played Chet on the uh, Weird Science TV show. That's where I know him him from. Yeah, Bill Paxton character. Yeah, 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 that's right. If they were Mm -hmm. making a cartoon out of a movie, they were making it into a TV show. Yeah. 
I know. The Weird Science one lasted for like five years. Like, it was actually a successful adaptation. Yeah, the Ferris Bueller, Bueller but one. that was only like three episodes. Three episodes, but they did do the, uh, basically the Ferris Bueller one. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose. Parker yeah, Lewis yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing. When you're adapting something, just rip it off. Don't, uh, don't try and directly adapt because you're never going to be like a Ferris Bueller TV show. Well. It's ne- you're never going to be that same character. The uh, Wonder Years is basically Christmas story. Yeah, but. the humor. <laughs> yeah, I guess. It had humor in the Wonder Years. I Christmas Story was set in like the 30s and 40s. No, no, though. it was set in the uh, 50s, early 60s. It wasn't it was set the in the late 60s. 60s. No, no, Christmas. Christmas Story. Oh, Christmas Story, yeah. Christmas yeah, Christmas Story was set in like the 50s, but the same concept of uh, narration. And uh, we're we're going off on a tangent here. We we better uh, dial it back. Yeah, but. it's just like peak boomer, like the Wonder Years. Yeah. Okay, boomer. They felt very similar to me when I was a kid. I in fact I thought. You know, it was like a direct uh, link, but it's just the same concept. It was popular. A nostalgic story with a, with a comedic narration. Done by Daniel Stern for a uh, years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm trying to figure out when A Christmas Story was set. I'm saying 50s. I think it was before then. Anyways, I think it was 40s. Anyways, um, so back to the movie we're watching. So basically, at this point, they give Keanu Reeves a bulletproof vest. By the way, bank robbers, they wear bulletproof vests. They're actually like pretty like okay with what they're doing. But they don't give him a mask. And they give him a shotgun with no bullets. We were saying they should have like given him a JFK mask. Yeah. That would have been kind of cool. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is also an iconic scene because like, Keanu's like, I am an FBI agent. agent. Yeah, that was good. That was a good moment. <laughs> that was such a good moment. This isn't gonna work. And Swayze's reaction is like, ain't it great? Yeah. Like, Swayze just doesn't get, like, why they still can't be friends, basically. He's like, I get it. I robbed banks. You're an FBI agent. We both got our jobs. Yeah. You kind of, kind of. Basically doing the same thing, right? Yeah. End up like Bodie's character at this Mm -hmm. point, even though, like, he's never, they've never really attacked people. They're just taking money from the bank. In fact, this this whole thing is comical. They got this whole task force to find these people who are robbing uh, banks. The most important thing is to save the bank's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's well, it's their, just the whole idea, but the whole thing is like any of those situations could explode into violence, as yeah, this yeah, one I does, as, as it does, because they make mm-hmm. one important change to their mo, which all, is because they realize, well, they realize that if the FBI is on to them, they need to, they need tracks. to make more money. So this is the time when they decide, hey, let's get into the bank vault. But, but Patrick Swayze doesn't tell because, them beforehand, yeah, so like tell them his guys before. are just like, wait, wait, what? The, the vault. Going to the vault. It's like we still got time. We're at, what, what time are we at? Thirty-seven seconds. We got time. They do um, not have time, and no. it blows up in everyone's face. So there is a. Um, oh, and then of course there's the uh, good guy mm-hmm. with a gun. Yeah, which fails, thank Christ. Because that's what would happen. Because yeah, well, it's it's a <laughs> cop who's like, and the cop even tells the security guy, it's like, okay, I'm a cop. And the security's like, no, 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 don't do this. You don't. You've never been through a bank robbery. I've been through six. This doesn't end well. He's like, all right, I'm gonna make a play. You back me up. And the guys, the guy's like, no. (laughs) And the security guard ends up getting killed. Yeah, and so and so does the cop. Thankfully, Um, (laughs) that that felt bad saying that. Don't kill the police. That's right. No. Um, So. uh, so the cop um, basically like he goes on a murder spree trying to kill everybody in the in the kill all the bank robbers. Everyone fires back, like, and at a certain point, even um, Johnny Utah goes to the guy, like, I'm an undercover FBI agent, and the cop just shoots him. Yeah. But thankfully, he's wearing that bulletproof vest, so he's still alive. So at this one of the roach or somebody gets shot to in the belly, yeah, and he dies. Didn't do- no, no, it doesn't matter right uh, yeah. Roach does not get shot in the throat. It's one of the other guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, one of the guys Daniel? dies. 
Yeah. One of the Grummet. guys dies, and then the other two go with Swayze. Not quite die. He gets he gets mortally wounded, and they actually take him with him. I no, think. no, no. There's another guy who dies. Oh, okay. Yeah, the guy who gets shot in the throat and is just dead. Yeah. That was the guy. Oh, in the, I see. I yeah. See. So, I also got to point out, um, we never explained. The, so, the whole thing is, the reason why Keanu is agreeing to do this is because they've kidnapped Lori Petty, and they left him with Rosie, and... Bodhi says, like, man, guys like Rosie, they just, like, I don't have the stomach for violence, but these guys thrive on it. So their whole thing is um, Bodhi beat needs to be at this meeting point at a certain time or else Rosie is going to kill Lori Petty. And Keanu's like, you gotta let her go. Um, <laughs> so, so Keanu, like, agrees to do this just to save her. You know, the whole rock and a hard place thing. And now, at this point... Um, the FBI has had enough of Keanu's like BS, and they decide we're going to arrest you, you and you for bank robbery, for yeah, accessory to crimes. It makes no sense. And and, and, like, and like literally, like the FBI agent McGinley's like yelling at him some he's, more. He's like, put him in cuffs. And then uh, Gary Busey's like, at least let me cuff him. And doesn't he punch? Yeah, him? Gary Busey yeah. punches out uh, McGinley. I think. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he's like. Well, he well, falls to the floor. Yeah, because he's McGinley. Because he's the he's he's the '90s corporate head douchebag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So and Busey's like, let me take him in, which is just like you know he's not going to let him take him in. So like they're driving, he unlocks the cuffs, and they basically he's like, where? Busey's like, so where are they taking him? And Ken is like, to the airfield. So they go to the airfield, and it's where they're gassing up the. Are they gassing up the plane? Or they're getting the plane ready to go. Yeah. And like the pilot is kind of like something's not right. That guy's bleeding a whole lot. I don't <laughs> think I should fly. And Bodie's like, "It's cool, man. What's wrong with you? That's we just... don't have enough gas from Mexico." Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. It's like just, just, just drive us out. Just, just do it, man. Just come on, sail away on a on a cloud. Um, and then where do we go from there? Well, Busey uh, makes his exit, and I forget exactly how that happens. So basically, he does Ke- it heroically. Keanu goes up. Basically, Busey is his backup. So Keanu goes up to Bodhi and says, like, you got to call and let her go. And Brody's like, I can't do that, man. He's going to, I got to be there in person. Otherwise, it won't work. And he's like, you're not alone, are you? And he's like, no, of course not. There is a gun on you right now. And it turns out Busey's hiding behind like a gas pump or something. And a so, great place to hide. Yeah. <laughs> they won't shoot you there. And Roach has already been shot a couple times. Right. And doesn't Busey shoot Roach or something? Or he fires a shot? Yeah. Or no, no. The guy, the guy sneaks up behind him, right? Because, like, Roach is, like, he's, like, on the ground, like, he's, like, bleeding, mm-hmm. and, but, like, you know, he's got the shock. He's still armed. Right. So, one of the other guys, Gimlet, or whatever his name is. Gromit, I think. Gromit. Gromit. Sneaks up behind him and, and <laughs> shoots <laughs> shoots Gary Busey, and I then... I thought it was Roach who shot Gary Busey. Maybe it's Roach. Yeah. Roach they all looked alike to me. I can't tell. Roach is Nixon. Yeah, so Ro- Roach shoots Gary Busey. Gary Busey shoots him back dead, and then, then Busey dies. He basically, like, dies. Nixon was the guy who showed his ass, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course, because he's Nixon. Um, so Busey and Roach are dead, and then, what's his name? Mufflet? Gufflet? <laughs> Gromit. Gromit. Gromit and uh, Swayze get on the plane, and Canu uh, jumps in with them. And so they basically like the whole thing is like they're actually going to to Mexico. It's that old thing of like I'm gonna escape to Mexico and live like a king. And it's like I don't think these people who who escape to Mexico think this through because so you stole a hundred thousand dollars. That's not like it's a billion dollars in in Mexican pesos. It's like yeah, it makes you richer than the people around you, but it doesn't make you rich enough to live off of it forever. So well, you can surf for a little bit longer, man. You can live long <laughs> enough to see that big 
wave what they described. Oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah, they, yeah, they talked about that? the wave. Yeah, no, we didn't. We missed it. The, the once, twice a century wave, or the once every fifty it's, years. They're describing El Nino before it happens, before it was part of our. It's like uh, this this thing, this this air thing up from the Arctic causes all the waves to go crazy in storms where there are no storms. And, and so it's going to happen in Australia at this one time. Yeah, he's like it'll it could kill me. But you just got to go for it, man. If that's the way mm-hmm. I'm going to go out, that's the way I want to go or something something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then where are we from there? So they're in the plane. So they're in the plane. Keanu jumps in the plane with them. And the plan is they're going to like skydive out of the plane to like to Mexico. But they where... only have two parachutes at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And even though one of the, the hench guys is, is dying... Yeah, so He's Swayze drops mm-hmm. Roach out of the plane. The hench dudes. Mm-hmm. Hench and he dudes. pulls out... the money. Yeah, and he and the guy pulls the chute and he actually like floats down, and then Swayze jumps out of the plane. This is the infamous shot where like Swayze d- does his own jump because he just falls backwards out of a plane. And you're like, oh my god! He's like, adios, amigos, and yeah. he just leaves Keanu all alone. I'm playing it, and Keanu, Keanu's like, shit, darn, heck. And then you know, like with gun in hand, with gun in hand, yeah. Keanu just jumps out of the plane. Yeah, no shoot. It'd just be funny if the, uh, if the movie went uh, a different turn and uh, Keanu just, just falls to his death. <laughs> but no, he like he flies over to, yeah. to Patrick Swayze. He's able to maneuver up. in the air. He football tackles him in, in the air, which is kind of awesome. And so then they're they're left with this whole thing where Swayze's telling him like, "You got to pull the ripcord, man. I'm not going to pull it. I don't need like if I if I die, so be it." And and, and like, Keanu's Keanu like, pull has the cord. like the gun at his head. Pull the cord. It's like yeah. he got because he needs at least one hand to hold it's on. Like, You're gonna have to pull the cord, man. They gotta let go of the gun. So he does. He throws the gun away. With six seconds. Mm-hmm. But if he just spare. shot him, yeah. So it's like you got six seconds. Six, five, four, and it's already been six seconds. Yeah, and it's like the longest six seconds. Mm-hmm. And then you know, like they hit the ground with. You know, they're probably like twenty feet in the air at this point, and they like land on their feet and they're okay. Ground. Yeah. And at As this point, Rosie shows up, and they let Lori Petty go. Um, oh, yeah, and Roach is dead with, like, bills flying Fluttering everywhere. away, and so Patrick Swayze takes the money and hops in the Jeep with uh, with Rosie and drives away while Lori Petty and Keanu Reeves are left in the middle of the Mexico desert. Yeah, they, they hold each other. How do they get out of there? I don't, I don't know. They just do. And then it cuts to, like, what, eight months later? And Keanu Reeves shows up with long hair. And well, it's literally six months. Oh, they six months this, later. Right, uh, right, right, right. Months. There's no like title card or anything, but they shot this six months mm-hmm. after they had filmed the rest of the movie. Yeah. Swayze was filming a movie called City of Joy, so Swayze's got short hair at this point. And uh, clean shaven. Yeah. Keanu Reeves has got his, his bill head. Hair, yeah. His Ted hair. Because mm-hmm. he was doing uh, Bill and Ted's bogus journey at this time. But, you know, you can argue that the, the character is just becoming more of a surfer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's exactly what it Getting is. Getting rid of his Johnny Unitas haircut and going mm-hmm. for the surfer look. It's it's revealed that they're in Australia now. A, a mm. stormy sort of Australia. I don't know. A very stormy Australia. Which looks suspiciously like Oregon. <laughs> um, and so... I'm pretty sure they did film it there. They filmed it in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, That was where, where my joke was yeah. going. And um, uh, he, well, he heads down to a break. Um, and there be... And like everyone's leaving saying like in their Australian accents like... No, man. It's day two. Da- I can't do my Australian accent now. After too much piano. It's too dangerous. Too dangerous, too dangerous mate. Too dangerous. Only a psycho would go out in those waters. Um, and so he goes down, and lo and behold, there's Patrick Swayze staring out at the surf. And Keanu walks up, and he's like, I tracked your van all the way to Mexico City. Rosie died in something. And then... His body was found mm, or something like that. Yeah. And so here he is. Like in a hotel or something like that. Or yeah. 
Oh no! What he said, uh, uh, the way he phrased it, though, it was, was like Rosie's like, meat showed up or something like yeah. that. He turned out to be meat in Mexico in a City. Hotel yeah, in to, like, a brawl with someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so basically, at this point, you know, uh, they have their little water fight, but Swayze is like heartbroken when he realizes Keanu Reeves has like uh, clandestinely handcuffed him to himself. So like all of a sudden. So he's like, I can't surf. He starts to almost like cry. And then all of a sudden the Australian like you can see the wave coming too, like yeah. the big wave that he big, wants. And, yeah. he's looking, and he's like, oh, come on, man. I've been my go. whole life. I'll go Give straight. Me my wave, I got nowhere to go. There's there's like cliffs on either side. What am I going to do? Swim to New Zealand? And so all the Australian police are like surrounding them. <laughs> Point and, break two. Bodie in New Zealand. And Keanu just lets him go surf. And like the guy's like, you let him go. It's like, oh, he's not coming back. Did I? And you, then, were, you were yelling at the screen, but like, what, what is he doing? Why is he letting him go? Yeah, I was. I was so angry because here's the thing. Because he fell in love with him. But here's my issue. It's like, guess what? You can swim around the cliffs. Like, it's cliffs on either side. Where am I going to go? Around them. You have a surfboard. You literally have a vehicle for transportation on the water that you are going into. However, I think we see him take a spill uh, we, on the We see wave, him go yeah. under the wave and then disappear. And here's the thing. If this movie made, like, 20 more million dollars, we would have had Point Break 2. Mm-hmm. Breaking point. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, and then no. the Australian cop goes, like, you let him go. Yeah. Well, and not, <laughs> oh, get him when he comes back. And he's, he's, like, not, he's, coming, back. he's not coming back. And then he throws his back away. away. I'm like, you are the worst. This movie makes... No- here's the thing. I love this movie, but I kind of hate the ending because I wanted a concrete ending, not, like... Bodie surfs into oblivion and Keanu Reeves throws away his FBI badge after tracking down Bodie specifically to arrest him to capture him. He just wanted closure, man. But it's not closure <laughs> because he's out there in the water somewhere. He got to, I'm letting Bodie live his dream. He murdered your best friend. That guy that kind of felt like your dad or your weird uncle. Yeah, like, your drunken uncle. Your drunk uncle. He got people murdered. Your loud drunk uncle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, the way that the FBI acts in this is insane. Like, no FBI agent is like John C. McGinley, just like, ah! Only in the movies. Only in the movies. So, that was I'm pretty sure, like, Busey ad-libbed all his lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could imagine. He probably couldn't remember the script. No. <laughs> He's like, surfing, all right. No, no, you're not surfing. All right. Um, the ex-presidents are surfers. <laughs> yeah, that was the delivery. So that was Point Break. So uh, <laughs> final thoughts, guys? Oh, well, first, um, did anybody see the remake? No. No, no I did not. Either. I thought about trying to see it before we recorded, but no. Yeah. Uh, I, I, who is involved? I've already forgotten about that. Uh, I, Edgar Ramirez is the Bodie role. Ah. Uh, of course. Some... Some yeah, Sam Worthington type. Oh, some Sam Worthington clone. So I uh, I talked to uh, a friend of mine at work about it, and he's like, oh, did you see the remake? I'm like, no. He's like, don't. It's not good. Yeah, I'm that's like, oh. what uh, a friend of mine said, too. So they swap out the mm-hmm. surfing and the skydiving for, like, extreme sports. But they're so- still surfing on the poster. That's the thing I don't get. I'm looking at the theatrical poster of the remake right now. It is starring Eric Ramirez, Luke Bracey, Teresa Palmer. I know her. She's from... Um, She's from some Australian movie. Delroy Lindo. I'm guessing Delroy Lindo and Ray Winstone. Oh, good old Ray Ooh, Winstone. I wonder who plays who. <laughs> so Edgar Ramirez is Bodie, an, an eco-terrorist who plays a sort of Robin Hood role. Luke Bracey is Johnny Utah. Judah Lewis is young Johnny. Ray Winstone as Angelo, Angelo Pappas. Pappas. A spe- FBI special agent based in London. Wait, but is man. this in England? 
Wow, that, what is this movie? Steve Aoki is in there as well as himself. As himself, yeah. Yeah, so they're probably like really into EDM, these. Oh, uh, Christ guys. almighty. Clement Schick as Roach. Extreme sport athlete Johnny Utah and his friend Jeff are traversing a steep ridge line on motorbikes. Oh, this sounds terrible already. The run ends with a jump onto a lone stone column where Jeff overshoots sliding and falls to his death. Seven years later, Utah is an FBI agent. Uh, they go to mom, parachuting and mom, oh, they're going, he's, what, attending a briefing on a skyscraper heist in which a criminals stole diamonds escaping by parachute in Mumbai. I hate this, I'm not going to read the rest of this description, I'm not interested. I'm sure it's all, like, green screened as well. Yeah, and... yeah, probably all shot in, like, whatever country gives them the best. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they do the wingsuit thing, though, that's the big thing that they do, from the, from the peaks of, uh. The Alps. Well, that's cool. I'm sure, you know, Keanu's John in Utah didn't need no wingsuit. He just used his arms. Snowboarding as well. Man, there's all the extreme sports. <sighs> He's ruined it. He ruined it. Guess what? Certain movies you can't remake. It's just leave it in the 90s. It is a, it's, it's, yeah, it's a perfect 90s film. I don't yeah. think this film could uh, properly exist in any other decade. It's kind of um, like, you remember in uh, Last Action Hero? It, it feels like a movie that that kid in Last Action Hero would go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. Yeah. It was just like right in the middle of that '90s the hard rock age. music, yeah, and with that weird golden industri- age of action movies, yeah, with that weird industrial cover of uh, "Smoke on the Water." Yes. Oh yeah, I forgot about that at the uh, beach party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, yeah, there's a lot to like in it. I, there's still like a lot of butt rock on the soundtrack because yeah. it's like '91, like it was before the right before the grunge explosion. Yeah, but, it, but it, everyone knew yet. it was kind of like Aerosmith style rock instead. But everyone yeah. knew everyone knew that the revolution was coming. Um, so, Kit, what are your final thoughts on Point Break? Oh, it's 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 fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's that's the one to watch. It's a, it's a I think it deserves the um, what, what do I the cult status? Cult status. Yeah. Thank you. My brain is failing me at this uh, late hour. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that late. I know. <laughs> Nine thirty. <laughs> My brain is just yeah. failing me. Um, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, it's an interesting blind spot for me. I'm surprised I never saw it before. Um, I guess it just didn't appeal to me. Maybe the the cover is just too too bright. Um, the, well, the bleach, it's just they're too like I always remember the VHS box. blonde hair and stuff. It just didn't the, the, grab sorry. me. Yeah, the VHS box enough. was just the faces of uh, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze. It doesn't look like an action movie, no. really. Um, yeah, so uh, I just didn't know about it really until mm. uh, Hot Fuzz, and then it's kind of like a joke in that movie. But yeah. I, it's yeah, like they I also to lump see it. it in with Bad Boys Two, Bad Boys which two. I saw Bad Boys Two and I was like, Neh. so I was like, kind of like, oh, it's more of the same than I want to watch it. I mean, what about the Last Boy Scout? Does anybody remember that one? I've never seen I it, but I, I heard. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tony Scott is supposed to be Damon good. Wayne's Bruce yeah. Willis. Yeah, is that your pick for the movie you want to watch? No, no, no. I've already picked okay. the one. You know, right. you know what I picked. So, Phil, what are your final thoughts? You picked this movie. What made you want to pick this movie for the podcast? I, it's been so long since I've watched it. I'm like, you know what? We should just like watch like an old '90s action movie. Like, let's watch something with Keanu Reeves, I guess. And I'm like, hey, let's watch a uh, Point you, Break. Yet you didn't pick Johnny Mnemonic. Thank oh, God. God. <laughs> There's always next year. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. And final thoughts. You know what? This movie holds up incredibly well. Like, it's. I think the best way to describe this movie is that it rocks. It does rock, and unlike you guys, like I, I think part of the big appeal of the movie to me is like, even though like I was like really an action movie, it's like this is a surfing movie. I'm like surfing's mm-hmm. cool. 
I also thought like rollerblading was cool, as is why I saw it airborne in the theater. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. No, it's more mm. of a like I gleaming the cube was my well, thing. Yeah, no, I also like gleaming the cube as well. It's like all like the all the sports I couldn't do if my mm-hmm. life depended on them, like surfing and rollerblading and skateboarding. But, yeah. uh, it's just like the, there are just so many great set pieces. Like the camp values, great like the pacing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it was, there was never a good like snowboarding bank robbery movie or something. Because like there that. are no <laughs> banks next to a ma- like on a mountain. Like cracking a Swiss bank account. Yeah, they could be. Could be something fun like that. The Swiss banks are in and the city. Swiss well, then again, no bank is next to the the water. It's not like they surfed away with all the money. <laughs> See, that's when I when I first wrote this movie. Hut bank. That's what like I thought it was. I thought I thought. Chase, it, yeah. I literally thought Point Break. They were surfers who robbed banks, so they like robbed banks and then surfed away. And I was like, that's too convoluted. No, they just rob banks yeah. so they can hang out and surf all day, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there was like a lot of stuff I had forgotten about the movie. Like I'd forgotten that Anthony Kiedis gets shot in the foot in the movie. Like mm-hmm. I had forgotten how zonked out like Busey's dialogue was. He's just living life, loving yeah, life, I living. Know. Yeah. I uh, my final thought. I really dug this movie. It's 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 an interesting artifact. Like I'm not the biggest fan of '90s movies because like when you watch one of them you've kind of seen like a lot of 90s action movies are like in the Schwarzenegger mold and weren't that good but this movie is oh late 90s movies kind of all yeah that's what I mean that like they all kind of fell into that like dreck and this movie did not this movie is like it almost feels like a Tony Scott movie but not quite it's it's more mm-hmm. relaxed it's too relaxed to be a Tony Scott that's, movie. yeah it's a little too like uh, yeah it's just kind of a stoner movie to yeah. a degree Trying to think of uh, Keanu's action movies after this one. There was, of course, the aforementioned uh, Johnny Mnemonic. And but, Speed. Uh, Speed. Speed. No, he, he wasn't in Speed too. That's no. Right. Did he? Famously. Was it Chain Reaction? Was that the other one? Yes, that yeah. was one of his. That was like sort of like the beginning of the decline. Yeah, and until then he the came Matrix. back with the Matrix. And then he had another decline, and now he's back with John Wick. I'm, I'm wondering if Constantine is worth another look. People tell me that it's. It's been getting a reassessment lately. Yeah, I heard the TV series version of Constantine is better. Yeah, there was a one season of Constantine on TV. And of course, there was The Devil's Advocate. That was another big hit for... Uh, yeah, that was yeah, him with that shaky... had a southern accent in that. His movie. very oh, God, shaky yeah, southern accent, which I saw... <laughs> so I saw, like, the TV edit of that over, over the Christmas holidays this year, and it was like, that southern accent, man, it's just like, I do declare... Um, sort of like his British accent in Bram Stoker's uh, uh, Dracula. Alas, I think Dracula has evaded us yet again. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Keanu shouldn't do accents. No, I remember also watching Dangerous Liaisons in history class. Oh, God, yeah, he's in that, too. I forgot. We are definitely in the middle of a dangerous liaison. <laughs> Milady, can I take you to the park? <laughs> Oh my god! Of course, they're all supposed to be French in that one, right? Yeah, but they went British. Um, okay, so that was Point Break. So, um, what are we watching next week, Kit? It's your pick. All right. So uh, this one. Oh snap! I should have gotten the year ready. Um, is it another '90s pick? Yeah, it's a, it's another '90s it's pick. Weird. You're all picking '90s movies. It's a film I only saw once, and I remember thinking it was decent, good sci-fi film. We haven't had a lot of sci-fi on the no, ep- no, sadly not. Yet. No. Um, but uh, from what I understand, you guys have not seen it, no. so this is exciting. So uh, it is the uh, sci-fi cult classic, uh, Event Horizon. 
Cool, starring Keanu Reeves. No, it stars uh, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill and somebody else. <laughs> I remember there was another movie called Sphere that was released around the same time with Dustin Hoffman and Sharon Stone, I think. Yes, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in that movie, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Queen Latifah, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah, when she was uh, getting into acting. Yeah. Sphere was, of course, based on the Michael Crichton novel. That's correct. Yeah. It was a big, uh, big shit for doing uh, mm-hmm. Jurassic Park and Outbreak. And oh mm-hmm. no, you didn't do that, Brick. No, I'm you thinking of Congo. Congo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, Congo. So I'm not picking Congo, thank God. Yeah, uh, the other monkey movie from 1995. I love how Bruce Campbell. So someone asked like Bruce Campbell, like, "Why are you in Congo? That movie sucked." And his response was, "Okay, you've got the writer of Jurassic Park." You've got the star of this person. It's the producer of this. Tim it's Curry's like, in that bad so boy, like, isn't he? It, he's like everything about it screams big budget blockbuster movie. It did. It was at, I went to see it in theaters. I remember almost and nothing about it. And you were instantly let down. Yep. Exactly. It was the first Laura Linney movie I ever saw. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Old Laura Linney. All right. So on that note, we'll be back with uh, Event Horizon hopefully next week. So for Death the second uh, Paul Anderson movie of 1997. Oh, what was the other one? Boogie oh, Boogie Nights. Nights. Sorry, different Paul Andersons though. Oh, oh God, it's the uh, it's it's Paul T. Anderson or whatever his name is. Paul, Paul W. S. Anderson, Anderson yes. yes, who did who a lot just of called- the Paul Wes Anderson. I'd like to see like. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul W.S. Anderson, and Wes Anderson. Well, so they just make like Resident Evil I, movies. I want to point out that like Paul Anderson, Paul W.S. Anderson was initially just credited as Paul Anderson until Alien vs. Predator. Because I think Mortal Kombat beat Sydney to theaters, or sorry, uh, Hard 8 to theaters. Yeah. And so Paul Thomas Anderson had to add the, the middle name because Paul Anderson already scooped him. But then, uh, by the time Boogie Nights had been released, then Paul Thomas Anderson was the bigger name. Yeah, so, so then Paul W.S. had to add his uh, middle well, initials. Well, he also, Paul Thomas Anderson went by P.T. Anderson at that time because, right, of, right. because of the porn director, Paul Thomas. Right, right, right. Sounds like P.T. Anderson, though. P.T. Anderson. <laughs> oh, good old little P.T. Anderson. Yeah. We played Little League together. Um, all right, so for Death by Video. I've been Phil. I've been Kit. And I'm always Graham saying, please be sure to rewind. We'll see you next time. Keep watching amazing movies. Good night. Help everybody out of no shine Across the USA Say